Hey, LifePoint family, Pastor Daniel here. Before we get into today's message, I wanna invite you into a very special opportunity we take part in every year as a church, and that's our year-end offering. In this season of generosity and reflection, we're intentional about expressing our gratitude to God as an act of worship while sowing a seed of faith into the future. Now, during last week's message, we took time for those attending our services in person and online to participate. It was special, it was powerful, and it was really unforgettable. But I wanna let you know that if you missed last week, it's not too late. I wanna personally invite you to head over to lifepoint.org overflow to find out how you can still be a part as you prayerfully consider what God would have you do. Your generosity is making an eternal difference in the lives of people in our local communities and literally all over the world through the hope of Jesus. And we're forever grateful for your partnership. I love you. And I hope you enjoyed today's message. Good morning, Life Point. Hey, it's good to see everyone. Merry Christmas. It is uh, great to be here. I hope you're excited about this week. I'm very excited. I love Christmas. I love pretty much everything there is that comes with Christmas except for traffic. Uh, hate traffic, love pretty much everything else. I love that we get to see family members and, and we get to eat a lot of food, all those carbs that I've ignored earlier. They're all, I'm getting that and more this week and it's gonna be good. No regrets, diving in all the way. Uh, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, there's four and a half days of shopping left. So you have plenty of time to go out and go shopping and uh, don't procrastinate. If you're gonna go shopping at all, I would say go out in the next couple of days cause you're gonna be in traffic. All right, and uh, so take care of that. But I want you to know that in my family this year, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we're, we're doing a charity uh, exchange. Instead of all the adults giving gifts to one another, we're giving gifts to the grandchildren and all the adults are giving money to charities. That's great, isn't it? Are y'all awake? Okay, well, let me, let me just go ahead and tell you my feeling. I don't like it. <laughs> I do like it, but I, I still am, you know, what about gifts? My, I have a gift of receiving gifts, and I want my gifts, but uh, amen? Just being honest, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, and if they can't give to me, how are they going to be blessed? So I'm, ju I'm just being selfless. I got a few of you agreeing with me. I like that. All right, uh, but all kidding aside, I am excited. The thing that I'm most excited about this week is uh, being able to get together with family and worship. Uh, I, I was here last year at a LifePoint Christmas, and man, I gotta tell you, what a powerful time. And just the thought that we're getting to do that again and get to bring people, that's exciting to me. I love getting together with the people that I worship with, that I know and I love, and we encourage each other to come together and to focus on Jesus. In the middle of all this craziness, remember what it's all about. And I'm excited, Pastor Daniel said he's gonna be bringing a great word. He didn't say he'd bring a great word, he said he's excited about it, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great, he just says it's gonna, better than last year? Yeah, better than last year. So you know it's gonna be good. I, lo I love our pastor. He knows I love him. He's like a brother to me and, and Pastor Tammy. I'm, I'm just honored to be able to be up here and to give you a break. You're preaching five times this week, right? So 
five or six, a bunch of times. So I'm up here, in case you're wondering, my name is Eddie Cole. I'm on staff here at LifePoint. I'm, I'm allowing him to not use all of his vocal cords so that this week when he preaches all those times, he's got some strength left. And so that's what we're doing, giving him an opportunity to just mill, mill about and say hello and all those different kind of things he and Pastor Tammy. So we love you guys. Hey, would you uh, uh, like to hear something from the word today? Isn't that what we came for? So today I have a message that I want to share with you that is called For All People, and it's out of Luke chapter two. So you can either follow along with me on the screen or you can uh, open up your device or open up your Bible, whatever, and you can read along. But this is a very famous passage. And uh, I'm going to begin in verse one, though we're really only going to focus on just a couple of verses as we get into the message. And really, the three phrases that I'm going to use are going to come right out of one verse. So we're going to focus in, but the context of the passage that I'm going to read is really helpful. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Luke chapter two, verse one. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. Lord, we love you and we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that as we get together this morning, Lord, as we open up your word and everything, Lord, that you have promised that if we'll ask you, Lord, you'll give us ears to hear what you have to say to us. Because your word is very clear that you still speak and your sheep hear your voice and we are your sheep. So good shepherd, we pray that you would speak to us, that we would hear from you. And Lord, I pray you'd give us hearts to obey you with what you've got to say to us. Because Lord, we're not here today to just do a little Bible study. Lord, we're here today to get something, to learn something, and then to go do something with it. So Lord, give us hearts of obedience to go out and apply what we learn this morning. Lord, have your way, have your way, and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So the message this morning is gonna have three main points, and those three main points are gonna be taken out of one verse, verse 10. It's words directly from the angel, the messenger from God. And then we're going to close with a couple of applications, and those we just get right from the, the responses of the shepherds to what the angel said to them. So point number one, here we go. Point number one is this, don't be afraid. Don't 
be afraid. That's a very timely message for us today, but let me tell you for them, when the angel showed up to those shepherds and said, fear not, I'm saying don't be afraid because I don't think any of us speak like that today. I don't think we would say fear not. I think we would say do not be afraid. So don't be afraid, but he, he showed up and he spoke to those shepherds. And, and the reason that he says to them right at the very beginning, don't be afraid is because it was a pretty dark time when this angel shows up. Now I will start by saying, if you read your Bible, you'll find that many times in the scriptures that when angels show up, it's, it's actually quite scary. Uh, they are not little Gerber babies floating around on clouds with wings on their back. I don't know where in the world that came from, but it did not come from the Bible. When angels showed up in the scriptures, they tended to have to tell people either don't be afraid or they're gonna deliver something else, which I won't get into today because we're focused on good news, all right? But the angel showed up and he says, don't be afraid. And this angel showing up, I don't know about you, that, that by itself probably would have been pretty scary. It says the glory of the Lord shone around him. That means at nighttime, it's very bright all of a sudden. So there's some stuff going on here that's just scary. But I want you to know that this is a particularly dark time for these shepherds. It's a particularly dark time for the nation of Israel. And let me explain why. As far as the, the nation of Israel, you see, the truth is they had been in a period of darkness that had really been going on for about 400 years. There's what's called the intertestament period, which is uh, between when the Old Testament finished and the New Testament began when John the Baptist comes around and starts speaking forth the word of the Lord and these angels are showing up like we're reading here. There's about a 400 year period where the people of Israel were not receiving a fresh word from God. So here they had had for years throughout their history, they had had prophets and they had had leaders who are speaking forth a word from heaven to them on God's behalf. God always had messengers delivering words for his people, but now it's been 400 years and all they've been able to do is say, God said this back then. Nothing fresh, nothing new. And, and, and the question that would be asked obviously is, has God forsaken us? Hey, let's put this in perspective. 400 years of quietness, our country right now isn't within a century of that. So this is a long, long time without a fresh word from God. Now, at this particular point, it's a period of darkness as they are sitting under what some call the boot of Rome. Now, let me explain that. Uh, Rome was a... a, a, a a superpower, the only superpower in the world at this particular time. Their, uh, their capital is obviously in Rome, but the boot kind of uh, is the shape of the nation of Italy, what we see as Italy today. So there's a region there, but more important than the shape of Italy or the land where Rome was is the fact that their rule, their reign was oppressive. You, you couldn't walk out your door and walk around without realizing pretty quickly by seeing some Roman centurions that Rome was in charge. You're looking at these big muscle-bound dudes with their spears and their swords and their shields and all this kind of stuff, and you know Rome, not Israel, is in charge. And they've been in charge for quite a while. And so there's this, there's this stuff going on that nationally, the people of Israel are under that kind of oppression. 
They don't want it, but they can't do anything about it. All they can do is hope that God does something to deliver them out from under the boot. Are y'all with me? Okay, so that's the first thing. Nationally, it's a period of darkness. No word from God. Nothing good happening to them nationally. They have no way of wielding influence and making change happen between them and Rome. It's just a situation where they're having to swallow all kinds of discomfort. Additionally, with that, however, you have a spiritual darkness. The two go hand in hand with Israel. They were God's people. God had given them all kinds of promises and said, if you follow me and you obey me and you apply these, you're going to be blessed. And he promised, but he also warned them, if you take different routes, there are consequences. It's your choice. You can do, go one way or the other. They continued cycle after cycle of going the wrong way. And as a consequence of that, they ended outside of the protective covering of God. But although they ended up outside the protective covering of God, they still didn't end up outside of God's sphere of influence. Because even though Rome is in charge of the empire, God holds the whole world up by the word of his power. God is still in control. But remember, God's not been speaking to them for a while. Spiritually speaking, things are tough, and so that's the darkness that they're living in. That's where the shepherds are, are living at that particular moment. That's where the people of Israel are living at that moment. Now, let me give a little perspective here. You and I have been living in some darkness for a little while, haven't we? For about 20 months. Anybody feeling that darkness? Holy cow. Um, how many of you have thought, even recently, I just hope no more lockdowns? When will things get back to normal? We're feeling it, like there's stuff going on in the culture, we're feeling stuff going on, I mean, in businesses, we're feeling it economically, we're feeling it all over the place, we're feeling a sense of darkness. It feels like there's not much we can do about it. I just want you to know, one of the messages of Christmas is this, don't be afraid. You may be starting to feel like, is this ever going to end, and what's next? Because darkness has a way of putting fear in your heart, making people who aren't normally fearful, fearful. Um, I will tell you, I, I am one of those people that lately, I don't even like really looking at the news that much because they don't tell me anything good. Like, is anything good going on anywhere? I call my mom and dad, they're back in Tennessee. They've had a tough time tough time. Illnesses, I mean, things, it's been incredible. I talked to my mom, and I'm like, hey, what's new? Anything going on? They're like, no, thank God. And that's the way a lot of us feel. You're fearful. You're fearful that something else is coming. When's the other shoe going to drop? Here's what I just want you to know. God still sees you. God is still in control, and you can't live in fear. You just can't. You see, God knew that a time of darkness was coming, and he said that's precisely when he was going to send help to his people. 700 years before Jesus came, the, the prophet Isaiah prophesied this, chapter 9, verse 2. He said this in the past tense as if it had already happened. It's 700 years down the road. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So now, I have no doubt that those shepherds, they're out there just watching their sheep, probably hoping to get a little sleep. 
And then lo and behold, here's this angel out of nowhere. Don't be afraid. How many of you think you would have been afraid? I was talking with uh, TJ Williams from Spotsy the other day, our campus pastor over there. He's like, Pastor Ed, let me go ahead and tell you something really simple. If an angel showed up to me at any given time, just out of nowhere like that, but especially in the darkness, I promise you, I'm up out of the seat and I'm running fast. He literally got up and ran. I want you to know, he said, if, if I am in a moment like that in darkness, it's going to bring shock to me. And I want you to know that's the way it is for all of us. When we're in darkness, fears are exaggerated. Our fears are exaggerated. Uh, a few years ago, my wife and I lived in Pennsylvania. We lived in a little town, uh, Mechanicsburg. We didn't have good street lights, so if it's dark out there at night, you don't have your lights on, it's dark, dark. And it was really dark. One night we're asleep, it's the middle of the night, probably about 11, because I go to bed early. <laughs> and so, I'm, whatever it was, I'm dead to the world. She was asleep, and uh, out of nowhere, we hear a boom. It felt like a sonic boom. It was so loud, and I, I was like, what was that? And normally, like, I get up, and I'm, I'm like, I'm on alert. I'm thinking, what do I need to do? But in this moment, it was so loud, I was frozen, just laying there. And it was like five to seven seconds that passed, pure quietness. I thought maybe it was a dream. She's not reacting at all. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, the most blood-curdling scream you have ever heard in your life. Now, my wife, so you'll know, is a singer. She sings on her worship team, and she has some, develop, some developed lungs. If she were to get up, you would know who she is. Those of you that are regulars around here, she belts it out, and she screams from the bottom of her toes all the way up, ah, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Like, now I, I was scared before. Now I'm over the top. Like, hair on my arms, like going up. And I'm just thinking, dear, when she screamed, I'm jumping up out of bed so fast. I take off running through the house. I'm like, well, I don't know what to be more afraid of. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I'm thinking like an alien's outside. Thor's got his hammer out there. I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but something's going on. But she scared, the, I mean, she scared you know what out of me. And I'm running through the house because if somebody's there, I'm pouncing real quick because I don't even know what's going on. I will tell you this though, I couldn't find it. Whatever it was, I couldn't find it till the next day. And I'm about to tell you what it was. Couldn't find it. I go back in the room. I'm really upset. She's like, what was it? I'm like, I have no idea, but you have scared me to death. I can't sleep now. My heart's racing. I go downstairs. I'm like, I got to go watch TV. I can't sleep now. I'm up. The next morning I get up, I go into the bathroom, which is right beside the, the bedroom. I go in there and we have one of those fiberglass uh, showers and we had one of those real fancy like suction cup things that you put up on there uh, with a big Costco sized shampoo in it that in the middle of the night fell off and it just fell down, and it's like a boom, and that's what it was. So I, she screams, and it registered on the Richter scale. I'm absolutely positive. And all of this happens because of shampoo. <laughs> shampoo. Would that have scared me during the daytime? Probably not. Her scream would have scared me anytime, but I will say this, that's, the, that's what happens when there's darkness. And my message to you regarding this 
is don't let the darkness push you into a place of fear where those suspicions that you have, that something is out there to get you, don't, don't let that just eat you up. Don't let it push you into a corner. Don't let it make you fearful because I want you to know something. It is in the darkness that God sent his son. It is in the darkness that God's light shines the brightest. And it doesn't matter what's in the darkness because if God is for you, doesn't even matter who's against you. And so here's what I wanted to say to some of you. You feel like God may have forsaken you. You may feel like God has abandoned you. You may feel like God has broken his promises to you. But I want you to know, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you all the way to the end. So brothers and sisters, do not live in fear. You have nothing to be afraid of. Don't be afraid of some little virus. I'm not saying don't respect it. I'm just saying don't live in fear. Don't live in bondage. Don't be captive to the narrative of the world. Be captive to the word of God. And only to the word of God. Lock your eyes on God. Lock your eyes on him. Because he is for you. The second point. Do not be afraid. The second point is I bring you good news. I bring you good news. He's speaking this to shepherds. He says, I bring good news to you. And he says, and this will be for a, he says there's going to be a sign. And then he he quotes something that they're familiar with, which is a prophecy from Isaiah, another one. He said, for unto you is born this day. Both times, that angel is not talking to all of Israel. He's talking to shepherds. Now, you may be thinking, so what's the significance of that? The significance of that is that shepherds were a group of people who were often marginalized, outcasts in society. You see, uh, when it comes to what they did for a living, let me explain it to you. It doesn't mean that all shepherds were bad. So this, the stereotype is what, what we're reading from, and I think it's exactly why God chose to speak to shepherds, because of how they were treated. First of all, I want you to know that they were, a, they were seen as a dirty people. Just practically speaking, they were dirty. They were nomadic. They lived out in the fields. Their clothes were dirty. Their feet were dirty. They didn't have showers. They didn't have everything that you and I have, modern luxuries today. They lived out there, and they're dirty. It's just a practical fact of the way they lived. Most of the time, socially, when they're getting together with people, they have to get together with people who live similar to the way they do, with people who live with their hands and, and who would be dirty. Socially, there's a price to pay for being a shepherd. In addition to that, I want you to understand that ceremonially or, or spiritually, just I'm going to tie those together because of this, because they lived the way they did, oftentimes they couldn't even go into synagogue or especially to the temple because they have been out there, they work seven days a week, so they miss Sabbath a lot. They break Sabbath a lot. Not all of them, they work shifts. But there's some Sabbath breaking going on because if there's a need, they're taking care of business. And that's well known. 
In addition to that, they're around blood. They're around, they're around all kinds of mess that makes them unclean. So the message when they want to go worship is you've got to go through all kinds of ceremony and ritual cleansing just to be able to get in. So the message is it's just easier to be out than it is to be in. That stinks, doesn't it? That's what they're living with. Lastly, morally, they, they had some uh, consequences with being a shepherd also because morally, over time, I would imagine it all kind of feeds one into the other. You know, if you're not under the word of God, you're not being in community, you're not growing a lot, then morally, you're, you're gonna probably start to slip a little bit. They had earned a reputation of not only being some of the more ignorant people in the community because they most of the time they weren't very educated and they were doing what they were doing because... Um, Honestly, they, they didn't have a whole lot they could do. And so th the reality is, is that they were seen as ignorant, but they were mostly just seen as dishonest. They were known for doing shady business deals. They were known for uh, stealing from other shepherds. They were known for this to the degree it is a wide known fact that by the end of the first century, shepherds in many regions throughout the Middle East, they weren't even able to testify in a court of law. How amazing is it, you all, that when God decides to send an angel from heaven into darkness to deliver good news, he doesn't go to Rome and he doesn't deliver a message to Rome. He doesn't go to Jerusalem and pick the high priests. He doesn't pick the Pharisees who have it all together. He doesn't pick the scribes who know the word of God. He doesn't pick influencers, whatever that looked like back then, have no idea. He didn't go looking for those up and in. He didn't go look for that kind of people. He looked for the outcast and he went to the outcast and he delivered the best message the world has ever heard to the least likely people in the land. Isn't that awesome? What does that say to you? What does that say to me? There's hope. You may not have been looked down on by everybody else, but if you ever looked around and like inside yourself, you're like, I don't measure up here, right? Can I just tell you, God knows you. God knows you. God, and, and listen, here's the beautiful thing about it. Cause I'm in the same boat with you. So I can talk with you, right? We're so imperfect, but here's the amazing thing. We're far much worse off than we even know we are. Don't think about all the things you should have done and didn't do. Don't spend a lot of time there. And don't think about all the things you did that you shouldn't do. God knows. God knows the thoughts in your mind. He knows. <laughs> on Plank Road. He knows some of you parents on your way in this morning, had your arm been a little longer, your child wouldn't have made it. Right? He knows, he knows that your marriage is right now. He knows, he knows, he knows some of you are contemplating whether or not you're even gonna go get your child after church from Kids Point. We're gonna come looking for you if you leave them. But I do want you to know, God knows all these things about you and yet he still wants you to know that he has come and that he has entrusted good news, not just to them, but to you, to you, imperfect unqualified, 
untalented, not the intelligentsia. You're none of, maybe none of those things. You may feel like you're on the out looking in right now. Let me close this point with this passage. It's taken from the message, Eugene Peterson's translation. You're gonna love this. At least I do. I hope you do. If you don't, act like you do because it's church and you should encourage me. 1 Corinthians chapter one, listen to this. This is, a, this is a paraphrase from Paul writing to the Corinthian believers. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and best among you. <laughs> How many of you think the Corinthians are like, oh, thanks, Paul. Dang. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture overlooks, exploits, and abuses? And he chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. This is why God does what he does. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, clean slate, fresh start, it all comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're gonna blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Hey, don't you like that? If you're gonna toot a horn, lay the little horn down and just go ahead and pick up a big old trumpet and give God all the glory for every good thing that has ever come out of your life because it's all coming out of your life because the goodness and the grace of Almighty God. He chose to show that to you and he wants that to be shared through you for other people. And that's our third point. This message is for all people. Point three, the news is for all people. The first one was don't be afraid. The second one was, what did I say it was? <laughs> I bring you good news. And this third, sorry. I'm either gonna scroll and y'all are gonna look knowing what I'm doing or I'll just ask you. The, the new, this news is for all people. Let me just say this quickly because for the sake of time, I, I can say this very succinctly. Pastors Daniel and Tammy and my wife Jessica, we all three had a professor in college who used to say this, and this is all I'm gonna say about point three. All means all, and that's all all means. I love that. All means all, and that's all all means, and that's what the angel said. I bring you good news. I bring it to you, but it's for all people, all people, all people. I could elaborate, but all just means all, right? <laughs> You're like, okay, we got it, we got it, please. Let me give you two closing applications. The first application is this. This is taken from the reactions of the shepherds. Number one, go see Jesus for yourself. If you're not a believer this morning, go see Jesus for yourself because he, he really is all that and more that I could explain, that Pastor Daniel could explain on our best day. We couldn't explain to you all that there is about Jesus. He literally is the dividing point in all of human history. 
You need to get to know Jesus. If you haven't read, studied, looked into Jesus, I, I just want to tell you, look into Jesus. You may be thinking, well, I, don't, I don't think I believe. I just want to say, well, just go read a little bit. Go study a little bit. What you're going to find in Jesus, I am absolutely convinced that if you'll open your heart and your mind to learn about Jesus and the ways of Jesus, your life will be changed. Here I am, I'm a, let me say a word to believers. I, I've been doing this a long time, Pastor Daniel and I, I mean, we know, to get up and preach Christmas sermons every Christmas, multiple times, to like say the same message that most of you all know already, and to hit it from different nuances and angles, it's not really that easy. I, it, it's, it's just proof that the, the power's in the message, not in the messenger. But the message of Jesus, I tell you, the message of Jesus. So me, I was reading this week, and it hit me. Jesus is in a manger. He's in a manger, which is a, a feeding trough. For animals, but it's a feeding trough. That's where they put food in there. They put water in there to take care of their animals. And there you find little baby Jesus. A place where animals would feast. Fast forward 33 and a half years, Jesus has lived a perfect life. He's defeated Satan at every time they've had an interaction. He's, he's fulfilled the, the law to the extent that it could be fulfilled in a person's life. In other words, he did what nobody else has ever been able to do. He did all of this. The night that he is gonna be betrayed and turned over, he sits down in a room with his closest followers. He says, I'm gonna break the bread. He breaks the bread and he says to them, take and eat from this. This is my body, which is broken for you. Are you all with me? He says, this is my body, which is broken for you. It's symbolic of, the, of his body. I'm about to go through what I'm about to go through. He's telling them, for you. And I want to make this message so simple that you simply cannot miss it. Because people will complicate it. But I want it so simple. My body is broken for you. For you, not for me. I didn't do anything. There's no penalty for me to pay. It's for you. And then he says that he, it says he took the wine and he passed it around and said, this is my blood in the new covenant. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. He gave them a new covenant. So in other words, when we meet Jesus at the beginning, it's at a place where there would be a feast. When we meet Jesus at the end, right before he's crucified, and then, of course, three days later, he's going to raise. But when we meet him at the end of his earthly ministry, right before that crucifixion, what is it again? It's a feast. And what did, I, what did God put on my heart to tell you? Go and feast on Jesus. I don't care how many years you've been in Christ. You can never exhaust the depth of what there is to know and love about Jesus. To know Jesus is to love Jesus. And the more you get to know him, the more you want to know him. And the more you know him, the more you love him. It's just incredible. I'm not exaggerating. That's not preacher talk. That's just Christian talk. That's just me being a follower of Jesus. Messed up, screwed up as I am. That's just someone that's still on the journey learning new ways to see Jesus. You all with me? 
One more thing, one more thing. Don't just go see Jesus for yourself. Go and share Jesus with others. Go and tell others the good news because Jesus came. They can have life. They don't have to live in fear. God has come on their behalf to deliver them out of their darkness. And God has done so in the person of Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? Everyone needs to hear it. When the shepherds heard that message, I, I, I would imagine after the angels, like they, the angel leaves and then there's like a, a choir from heaven. You can read that in Luke 2. They just break out glorifying God. And at that moment, they just look at each other and they just leave the sheep. <laughs> Their job. They leave the sheep and they run into Bethlehem. And it says everywhere they go, they're telling people about Jesus. They're telling everyone about the good news. We've been in this situation. We've been in this darkness for 400 years, but God has heard us. And God has sent a savior for us. God has sent a deliverer for us. He has sent us the promised anointed one from the Old Testament. They ran around and they told everyone. And they saw Joseph and Mary they saw Jesus and they left out of there just praising God. What a great story. It doesn't get any better than that. And I'm going to tell you something. I think if God loves people so much that he would get into their mess and in their darkness, how much should we love people too? I mean, with all that God's done us for us, I mean, you may be thinking, well, I don't know them. I don't know them. Well, maybe not. But if you know God, then you know what God cares about you know, people, because those people are people God loves as well, right? One time when I was in New York, I say this with my closing. One time when my wife and I lived in New York and our daughter, uh, there was just this experience one day where all I know is I was upstairs and um, Jessica was downstairs and there was a little noise and Jessica went looking through the house and she couldn't find our daughter and she was a little girl at the time. And Jessica yelled upstairs, again, that voice. She yells upstairs for me. And uh, I come downstairs. And, and when I come downstairs, you know, she's like, I can't find Madison. I can't find Madison. I got to tell you, I mean, in that moment, it's raining outside. There's all kinds of cars. I'm barefoot in shorts. It's cold outside. We both took off, I mean, full on sprint outside looking for our daughter. And I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm telling you, the fear in my heart at that moment was through the roof. I got to get to my daughter. You know, I've got the Liam Neeson voice going. I'm about to use a special set of skills on somebody <laughs> to retrieve my daughter. But the truth is, is I think they would have been better off me finding them than Jessica because that mama bear would be much worse than Liam Neeson. But I'm going to tell you this much. I was so scared. We couldn't find her. We go back in the house. Lo and behold, there's her cute little face in the kitchen. We're like, where have you been? She was like, I, I was here. Where were you? I was in the bathroom. The, they had the fan on. You know, the, and it, I, we were so glad she was there. I wanted to kill her, but we were so glad she was there. But I never forgot that sense of panic because the, the girl that I love the most, this little precious kid, I thought was taken. Just want you to know that God has all kinds of little girls and little boys of all kinds of ages lost, taken in Fredericksburg. And they need some of us to, to think a little bit less about ourselves this Christmas 
and a whole lot more about God's kids who haven't yet been found so that we can bring them home. This news is for all people. You don't need to be afraid because God's with you. You've got good news, and the good news is God's come to bring joy, not judgment yet. So let's do it. Let's do it. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? If you've never given your heart to Christ right now, I'm gonna invite you to do that. And you can do it by, by just simply praying this with me. But all of you, if you would pray out loud with me for the sake of those who've never done it. If you've never given your heart to Christ, there's no magic in the words. It's all about your heart. But if you mean it, God will hear you and the message of hope will change your life not because it's a message, but because it's a person. It's a spirit, the Holy Spirit. He will come in your heart and be with you forever. He will give you forgiveness. And if you want that right now, you gotta turn from everything else, every other place you've been looking for life and hope and turn to Jesus. There's hope for you if you'll do that. And here's how you do it. Pray this with me from your heart. God will hear you. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and help me to live for you from this point forward. I give you my life, Lord, and I thank you for giving your son for me. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.